0: Hello, this is Derek Arden and welcome to Monday Night Live, this is the second session with Justin Urquhart-Stewart and I've been collecting all your questions and we've got some questions coming through which will be very interesting. I hope you can handle them, Justin. I think you should fasten your seatbelt because we're nearly ready for takeoff, oxygen masks at the ready. Um,
1: A uh, gross it. Sorry,
0: I a grocer called Morrison's Again. is about £6.3 billion and Amazon might bid for
1: them. What's going on? It's astonishing, isn't it? That's a classic case, you see. Uh, a lovely old value business, cash generating business, rather different from a lot of the other supermarkets. Because remember, they do tend to go right from actually pulling things out of the ground, getting the sods off, um, and uh, to uh, processing them and selling them. And say, also, they have their own fishing boats as well. So they're I don't, sort of vertically integrated. Uh, and they've got a good property basis as well. As well. But you see, because uh, the London market was being rather shunned because it didn't have the level of technology fashion stocks um, that we saw in NASDAQ and the rest of the US markets, and so that, and with a certain amount of cloud of Brexit as well, because so I can't see what's happening next, these companies were often being ignored. Um, and uh, so it's hardly surprising the private equity firms with access, of course, to very, very cheap money, who virtually had to pay nil, nil for it, um, do you actually go and buy assets? Now, some of these private equity firms, the first one that was approaching them, I was rather suspicious about. The next lot is interesting. They've got shareholders in the uh, Canadian, one well, the big Canadian pension funds, and they have a much longer-term view of investing. So they might be uh, the more positive white-knight private equity firms, as opposed to the black-knight asset strippers. Um, but as, uh, uh, as we were saying a little earlier, um, and uh, with Missalbrook uh, about the issue of their fees, these people are fee junkies. Um, and so they love doing the deals and their bonuses will be fantastic. Uh, so they'll be looking for anything else they can try and buy. Therefore, all the more reason that we give more capital to businesses to enable them to grow rather than just get sold off.
0: Okay, I'm going to go to the questions now. We talked about inflation in part one. Um, Andrew's just said his flight to Newcastle has gone up by 40% recently. Um, does that mean we're going to have 40% inflation?
1: I'm pleased to hear that there's a flight to Newcastle still, um, and, the, um, it is, and the answer at the moment, they, could, they will be doing their best to try and actually get money into to survive. Yes, those costs will go up, I think, very significantly indeed, um, and, uh, and they go up like a rocket and come down like a feather. Uh, and also with those flights to Newcastle, there's normally not much competition. For those who may remember the days of the BA shuttle, and you have British Midland, Um, Yeah, really competitive prices and really good services. They were doing their best to try and get you there. You knew when you fly British Midlands, they employed the fighter pilots because we got near Glasgow, they sort of dived into it, whereas the BA people obviously employed the bomber pilots who came down a lot slower. Um, But what it meant was that that price was uh, good pricing uh, competition. Where well, we're finding now much less competition, those prices will go up, and that's what BA played a very clever game. Whether you like BA or not, and I have to say their management has not always been uh, the most likable. They restructured their cabin staff. Well, when I mean that, I don't mean what they look like, um, but in terms of their pay, which is euphemism for cutting it, um, their pilots and the same things. Um, the, in terms of the financing, the planes restructured that, restructured their debt, um, and but got a lot of cash very cheaply. So they know when we come out of this at the other end, where's the competition? And the answer is still there, but with high cost basis, and BA finds themselves in a position. So therefore, the price go of flights to Newcastle, you're going to come down anytime soon. If there's more volume coming through and some competition, the answer is yes. But that's a good example of where you're going to see further price push coming through.
0: Adam asks, um, with insolvencies at historical low levels, furlough coming to an end, landlords unable to take any action until next March, do you envisage a tsunami of business failures?
1: At the moment you've got banks who are very very sensitive um, after the banking crisis and the reputation of being on the front page of the Daily Mail, um, bank bankers are never very popular No, much more likely is you're going to find these banks actually finding themselves with a load of zombie companies, zombie companies on the basis that they're never really going to be able to change. They require further financing, but they can't afford to let them go bust. So the zombies just there devouring more bank capital and the banks will eventually have to turn around and say they're going to have to cut it, but it could cost them quite a lot of money to do so. So I think you're gonna find as we come out of this, um, there will be a lot of uh, bad debts or companies failing. Um, and out of that though, you always need to have that going through that process. Remember this started before the pandemic when you had the likes of Jamie Oliver and Coluccio's going bust, two private equity examples. They were gonna go down because their leverage was far too high um, and they were gonna get squeezed. So we're gonna see a lot more of that coming through. Um, and a lot of it's gonna depend on bank attitude uh, in terms of also the, uh, the financial controls and regulatory issues, uh, but also primarily bank capital.
0: Gabrielle asks The uh, regional investment hub sounds like a practical and common sense uh, idea, but who do you see regulating it?
1: Uh, thank you. I hope it is a, a common sense idea. Uh, I regard it as John Cleese would have preferred it no more as the bleedy obvious, which is why I find it frustrating in London, because London doesn't want to do it. The reason to the rob misselbrook said earlier because they are all uh, on their, their deals and fees um so how does it get regulated the answer is well through the regulator fca will be there and uh, making sure it's properly regulated and also the key issue for me with this is also constricting the type of investors um, that does not mean you have to be snooty over it all. what it means is you're trying to take on investors who have a better understanding of risk people who are able to sign themselves off as being a professional investor quite sure the definition of that is still unclear but basically willing to un- understand and they are taking a risk here um and so not having widows and orphans in there which i fear is what you're going have be, been seeing in the crowdfunding world and there's going to be a lot of pain coming out of that but people who are expecting apparently good returns coming through and now finding there are going to be no returns coming through um so yes regulation must be absolutely crucial um you've got to make sure you get the right businesses on there as well and not a, a bunch of uh, you know, uh, uh, flash companies coming through. Some people may remember there was an old Vancouver stock exchange um, that focused on mining companies in, in Canada um, and got itself a terrible reputation um, uh, with the unfortunate habit of losing the old geologist uh, who was responsible for understanding the quality of the uranium. And they also had have 40 other helicopters in Indonesia, but that's another story. Um, so regulation is going to be crucial Because good regulation is actually good for a market, Um, and it's uh, not something, it's only the the people who don't like regulation, it's because actually they feel they don't need to have it. Markets need good regulation, practical regulation.
0: Fantastic. Alex asks, if I was to suggest to my clients they consider regionally, what sort of hoops would they have to go through to get uh, financial investment compared with other routes?
1: Uh, very straightforward indeed in terms of actually being able to get onto the platform, looking at the companies that are there, those that, uh, are with the right sort of structure in terms of type of business they want to have. When I say type of structure, and this is a key issue I know that uh, Rob Misselbrook's done with a lot of his companies, making them investable, making sure they're not just mum and dad, mum and pop companies um, or some chapters with a good idea that's been going for a while, but ones which have got a proper structure to them, a plan, uh, a view as to where they're going. Um, so, making sure that you've actually got those rights of businesses and right sort of businesses, uh, right of businesses in there. Um, so, constrict the investors to the right caliber uh, and make sure you've got the quality of businesses in there. Well, even that means you've got less businesses in there. So, from investors coming in, they go to the platform, see the companies, have they got the right tax wrappers, EISs, and things like that they need to have for that? You must always take uh, independent advice on this, of course, um, but understanding the risk of the fact these aren't startups. These are growing businesses. They got a track record, which in many ways is much more attractive to me than punting on a startup uh, where you have no, there is no track record. Um, and uh, it's just a broken record of people going around trying to raise money in Tata.
0: John asks, John's in Paris, although he's left us. He says one possible outcome of Brexit is London will slowly become less and less international. And possibly more attracted by regional investment. But uh, I read on the front page of the Financial Times on Saturday that uh, we've, over- we've overtaken Amsterdam again as a trading centre. So um, what's going on there? Is it all good news? We've left the uh, EU?
1: Well, uh, it's good news and bad news. Uh, we were, by far and away, the uh, largest financial centre uh, in the EU. Uh, And, of course, the likes of Berlin and Paris and uh, Amsterdam are very keen to get their hands on this, if they possibly could. Um, And therefore, by coming out of it, uh, we have been losing. We lose European trading. It goes over to the continent. And that's why Amsterdam actually uh, took us over. What those main centres don't have is the integration of all the elements that go towards financial services. Uh, forgive me for wandering around the city of london but you've got lloyd's for insurance you've got all the different banking structures in there um you've got uh, the uh, general insurance side as well and you've also got uh, more specific uh, more tailored uh, uh investment structures as well and funds uh, as well as the usual wealth managers and stockbrokers um, so there's a much greater depth there than you'll find in other centers what london has to do is to show itself as being Back to what it was before, an international market, the FTSE 100, remember over 60% of those companies in the FTSE 100 are not operating in the UK, Uh, they operate elsewhere. Some have been rather dubious central Asian mining companies, or most of those have gone now. Um, but uh, London has to clean its act up with regard to money laundering and such structures, and you put itself a bad reputation for that. Um, uh, but actually go out and market itself, you have to market a market uh, to actually say, here is a good liquid base to invest your, uh, to raise your capital and have your companies listed here. It's interesting that Bridgepoint at the weekend, we're also talking about the possibility of a six billion pound float, Bridgepoint, big private equity firm, and they want to do it in London, it's not America. Because America, see everything just through American eyes and investment is just American. London is international uh, and much more international than than Paris or Berlin or even Amsterdam. Um, And so London, and I hate the comparison because it's nothing like it at all, when you get some dumb politician saying we should be the singapore of the west singapore is a small very successful um uh, economy um and uh, we're never going to be that at all uh, in that same sort of scale but we've got great strength which we can actually use and so we should make ourselves as competitive uh, as uh, the likes of singapore so to that extent yes we should become the singapore of the west but n- uh, not in the, the format that some people are thinking of
0: Great. And uh, on a rather negative note, but one we must go to, Nancy says her concern is that China may try to take Taiwan, which holds a large amount of U.S. debt. Uh, What chaos would that create? But I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it or not?
1: Well, uh, we said it was ridiculous. We saw Russia taking over um, uh, some of its neighbors. Nibbling away at their borders, South Ossetia and things like that, um, but also Crimea just openly, brazenly, just grabbing hold of that. Um, and the West saying, oh dear, that's a pity. Um, and uh, really, that's uh, not much of a reaction. Uh, but Russia's a smaller scale issue. That is quite right. China is a key, very important issue. Uh, it's a key leader in terms of uh, financing the world. Um, but I mentioned before about G7, remember, the, they're the wealthiest nations by, by capita. If you look at the U.S., it's around about $50,000 per American citizen. You look at China, it's around about $3,500 per Chinese citizen. So in terms of wealth across the country, um, it is a huge difference overall. The issue of Taiwan is very, very dangerous indeed. Um, previously, the Chinese have looked to try and actually do a Hong Kong, you know, one country, two systems. Well, we know how that ended up. Um, and the Taiwanese, even some of the Taiwanese, do want to join back with China. still a minority doing so. Uh, but the Americans will make sure this is a line that's uh, one of their red lines that they don't want to be crossed. And that's one of the reasons you're going to be seeing our fleet going between Taiwan, or the fleet going between Taiwan and, uh, uh, and the mainland China, just to actually prove the situation, that actually that Taiwan does have support. And Nancy also adds to that very same point, the South China Seas, where the Chinese claim 200 miles territorial waters around something known as the Red Dot Line, Which basically mean territorial waters extend virtually down to Malaysia um funny enough that's rather upset Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Brunei and the Philippines and Vietnam um it's quite clever to manage to piss all those off at once so that is a very sensitive issue thank god we don't have Trump because this requires careful diplomacy and particularly the Chinese not shouting at one another um, but actually doing this quietly and sensibly over time it's not in China's interest Economically, to be able to uh, uh, to have a go at Taiwan. Um, it, it's a political issue. The question is, how to what extent Xi thinks he's strong enough to be able to go with something like that and not find themselves being pushed into uh, issues such as a war, albeit maybe forced by a proxy elsewhere. Um, and I don't think he wants to do that.
0: We've got a Trump question in the box. Um, if Trump is Convicted for tax fraud or un- unable to meet his repayment obligations will that have a wider impact on business, or can we enjoy it just as a spectator sport. I like that.
1: It's, it is hell of a spectator sport. It's, it's dreadful, isn't it? Because that's not how we should be dealing with American politics, but it has been quite astonishing. Um, and uh, the issue with this is going to be that so far, he hasn't been indicted at all, uh, only some of the uh, members of the of the, uh, of the the Trump organization. Um, and certainly it'll be catching up with him in terms of tax evasion, avoidance, whatever. Um, and uh, so I think the truth will come out eventually. But of course, what he's been very good at being able to do is to be able to actually just say it's fake news and an awful lot of people will believe him. Um, so does that have a broader impact on business? The answer is no because financially, he isn't that powerful. How rich is he? Not that rich. What will happen is if he is indicted for something, um, and maybe not him, but also various key members, that may well create a breach in some of the loans uh, that are out there, and particularly the likes of Deutsche Bank, who for some reason found themselves uh, far too uh, close to them. Uh, And therefore those those breaches will demand immediate repayment. And of course, being on the property market, they won't be able to do that. So would uh, Trump therefore go to the market to borrow some more? Well, who's going to lend it to him? And the answer is nobody. So it was bad news for Trump, um, uh, but in terms of the broader investment market, broader banking market, apart from paying for Deutsche Bank and maybe one or two other losers, um, no, it's not going to have that broader effect. It ain't as important as the headlines would have us believe. But on the other hand, it's a cracking good story.
0: I. Did I read that he's still the uh, Republican candidate for uh, 2024, is that
1: right? Well he hasn't, no he hasn't formally said that yet but what he is doing is everybody's going down to Mar-a-Lago to go and kiss the ring um, because his apparently 70 million voters um, uh, would uh, obviously, people that would uh, be uh, persuaded for the uh, next uh, congressional and senate elections coming up in two years, Um, And so, therefore, all of the Republicans want to be seen to be looking after those 70 million and therefore inheriting some of them from Trump. At the moment, Trump, he thinks he controls 70 million. Of course, he doesn't. Um, But for the time being, uh, he still has a huge amount of influence. When the court cases start catching up with him, uh, I think some of that may change as people then start to see financially exactly what he's like in terms of being um, an outrageous liar and a con man and a grifter.
0: I'm going to throw uh, open now to people who want to ask questions. If you could uh, give me a wave and make your questions adjusting short, sharp, and specific, that would be absolutely brilliant. So, uh, who's going to be the first person to wave at me? Harry.
1: Yes. Hi. Hi, Justin. Um, Hi. Two, two questions. First of all, uh, I'm surprised that no one's gone for the Honda facility uh, or the ex Honda facility in Swindon. Um, one would have thought that someone from battery building would go there and the second thing is um comments about rare metals in cornwall etc beginning to um consider mining for them etc what are your thoughts i think well first of all i think it's a great shame obviously honda decided to pull out um and if you're talking about actually having more uh battery developers and we need more although we're pleased with what's happened in there <laughs> that happening in sutherland um, other initiatives in Elsewhere Port, we're nowhere near the scale of what the, the Germans are currently planning with it. Um, so they would be got a good opportunity to be able to pick up some of the workforce. And you know, it wasn't just the, the workforce had been there for some time, much longer than, uh, than Toyota and, uh, and Nissan. So I would be a real waste uh, to actually lose those technical, that technical expertise. Uh, and we know what should be replacing them because it's being replicated elsewhere in terms of the uh, battery plants and such like. Um, Second part of the question, I've just forgotten, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Rare metals in Cornwall, Exactly, and of course, interesting, because one of the the largest supplier of rare metals is, of course, China. Um, And that's one of the big issues that we've got in terms of China could actually be a very significant constrictor of uh, providing these assets. Um, And uh, so that's a a serious uh, concern in terms of people's supply chain. And as you've mentioned, therefore, uh, lithium and in Cornwall uh, and I'm no expert in this, but I understand you drill down, you actually extract the lithium from the water, uh, rather than necessarily having to formally mine it, But uh, I'm sure I'm probably going to be picked up as being totally wrong there. But nonetheless, they've got a great history of mining there, as we all know, because we wore, watched Paldark, um, and there have been lots of the ideas of trying to bring tin mining back and things like that. Uh, but certainly, the likes of lithium, there is a uh, demand for it, and if you can find other supplies for rare, rare metals, um, then uh, uh, they will be on to make sure that there are alternatives to China.
0: Thanks, Justin, thanks, Harry. Uh, who's next? I'm looking for a hand. No hands, you've blown them all away, Justin, with all your succinct uh, answers, getting through uh, usually uh, about two hours worth of material in about an hour at your usual uh, breakneck speed.
1: There's um, no hands. Does no hands mean no Germans? I never quite understand that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, don't, don't mention the war, please. Whatever you do. We're no John Cleese sketches uh, at uh, this point. Um, with no other questions, Justin, I'd like to ask you to stay on online for a little while just to have a chat with us, but I would just like to close this thanking you so much. Thank you for Freya for organizing it and uh, I hope you'll join us back uh, on a Monday night live in the autumn. Justin Urquhart-Stewart, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Derek, thank you so much. Been a pleasure and a privilege and good luck to everybody uh, in whatever your finance is going to be like. I hope they're going to get better.